Hi friends, it's Sarah here and this is a first for the Girl on Girl podcast because I am recording this solo. I am alone talking into a microphone and it's really weird and I kind of hate it, but our favorite queer gal, Persis, is off on a European adventure right now. She is just living her Lizzie McGuire dream. She's gallivanting around Italy and France and the UK, and I love it. However, a podcast still exists over here in Canada, and so I thought this might be a good opportunity to just sit down and chat with you guys for a little bit about my personal experience hosting this podcast for the last year and a half. Um, This is going to be a shorter episode than normal um, because I truly could not imagine sitting here for an entire hour and uh, basically talking to myself. So I also wouldn't want to put you guys through an hour of listening to just me with no Persis at all. Um, but yeah, since starting this podcast, I have got a lot of questions from people and I thought it might be cool to talk about the top four questions that people ask me as a straight girl hosting a gay podcast. So in case this happens to be your very first time listening to the Girl on Girl podcast, hi, I'm Sarah. This is not typically how it goes. Usually there are two of us, me and my best friend Persis. Persis identifies as gay. I identify as straight. And so we talk about sexuality, queerness, gender from her perspective as a queer Indian woman and my experience as a straight white girl, Um, and we bring on guests, really awesome guests who talk to us about their experiences as well. Um, And yeah, in the last year and a half, I I feel like when I tell people about the podcast, I get a lot of different reactions. It really just depends on who I'm talking to. I feel like I either get zero questions, like, I don't know, I'll tell like some straight guy about it and he'll get uncomfortable or something and he won't ask me anything or I get a lot of questions um and so I wanted to narrow it down to the top four um because I thought it was kind of interesting I think the thing that maybe makes our podcast a little different from some of the other queer pods out there is that we are trying to bridge this um gap between straight people and queer people and trying to bring perspectives together and see everything from each other's sides. Um, And that creates maybe a little bit of tension when people first hear about the pod. So that brings me to question number one, which is, if you're not gay, then why do you host a gay podcast? I don't think I've ever had this question asked to me in this direct of a way, but I've had a lot of people kind of dance around it, like ask the question without asking it. And I think it's a great question. I mean, usually when someone has a podcast, they're talking about something they know a lot about firsthand. And obviously I identify as straight. So when I tell people that I host a podcast about the experience of being gay, I definitely can get like some confused looks, um, some question marks. And so the answer to this question, if you're not gay, why do you host a gay podcast, is actually really simple. Um, The reason is someone named Persis. 
Persis and I have been best friends for 10 years. We were roommates for about seven years. If you have listened to the podcast before, you will know this. We talk about it all the time. Um, But I would have never thought to start this podcast if it wasn't for P. She is the entire mastermind, creative force, and purpose behind it. Um, And I think watching your best friend in the world navigate their sexuality like I did for the past decade it just makes you care. Uh, It just makes you care in a different way or maybe in a way you didn't before about the queer experience and what queerness really is and what it means. Um, And to be totally honest, I didn't really think that much about the queer experience before I met Persis because I grew up in a a very, um, let's say, straight-laced kind of suburban city. um, And I didn't think that I had to think about the queer experience. But when it's right there in your living room and it's someone who you love so much, it really opens your eyes to it and it makes you think a little differently. So yes, I identify as straight, but I care a lot about the queer experience. Um, So Purse and I, we had so much fun filming videos together for her YouTube video or for her YouTube channel Um, that when she first asked me if I wanted to do the podcast, it just felt like this really fun thing we could do together. It felt like a creative outlet, a creative project. I mean, it was still COVID at this time. We were both kind of bored, to be honest, and it just sounded like a good time. However, along the way, it became a lot more than that. Um... I just discovered this like vast, intricate community of people who love love. And if you listen to the pod, you know, I love love, Persis loves love. We are both hopeless romantics at heart. And so leaning this heavily into learning about the queer community, yeah, it was fun or it has been fun just like I thought it would be, but it was also um, fascinating and exciting and eye-opening. And I, I felt very connected to it because of how much the queer experience seems to be about just like loving love and choosing to love who you love and also love yourself. Um, so along the way, it became about more than just having fun. And then we started getting messages from listeners who were like, because of your pod, I finally came out to my mom. Or because of your pod, I'm starting to finally explore my bisexuality. Or because of your pod, my brother has a better understanding of who I am. Um, We started getting these messages and we realized that we were making just the tiniest difference for like a handful of people. And when you realize you're doing that in your own little way, it amplifies things. And so that's kind of my long-winded way of saying that the reason why I helped start a gay podcast is Persis. Be all and end all, it was Percy. Her experience really inspired me. um, And I thought, how much fun would it be to talk about that on a podcast with her? But the reason why I keep hosting a gay podcast is because of everything I just said. It's because it really inspires me. Talking to these guests just like lights me up. 
Um, it's a way for both of us to make this really small impact and have fun while we're doing it. Um, and also just bring up more purpose into our weeks, into our days. And um, yeah, if I'm speaking just selfishly about why I really enjoy hosting this podcast, it's that. I get a lot of purpose out of it. I feel a lot of love when I do it. I feel a lot of um, a lot of happiness and gratitude. And you don't get that from everything in your life, you know? Sometimes, sometimes we get it from our work, from the stuff that we do to make money, but not always. And so it's really nice to have this thing um, that we can do together. Uh, that makes us feel that way. And so that is why I host a gay podcast, even though I'm not gay. Which brings me to question number two, which usually comes right after question number one. And it's, are you sure that you're not gay? Which is a question that I've heard a lot. Once again, not necessarily that direct, but kind of just like a, mm, 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 are you sure? Um, we've got this question in like DMs and YouTube comments and stuff like that. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh because we have a lot of guests on who, when we ask them about their coming out journey or them discovering their sexuality, uh, it kind of stems from them like being a really passionate ally. Um, and then they laugh at themselves later because they're like, okay, clearly I was gay, but I was just like, oh, I'm so passionate about the queer community. And every time a guest has that story to tell, I laugh because <laughs> it's, I'm so passionate about the queer community. But at the moment, y'all, I identify as straight. That's how I feel in my heart. Um, I have felt that way so far in my life. Um, however, I also believe that sexuality is a spectrum and you never know what could happen in the future. We've heard a lot of stories from guests who um, identified as straight for a really long time for their whole lives and then they met someone who they unexpectedly fell in love with or who kind of changed things for them. Um, and yeah, you just never really know what could happen. So um, although I feel very confident about my sexuality right now in my life, I also acknowledge that there is so much love to be felt out there in the world and, you know, in our very long but short lives here. And, uh, you know, you can never really rule anything out. However, I think feeling confident in how you identify is also really important. And so although that question makes a lot of sense, it also um, brings me to question three on this list. Um, which is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about queerness? And a lot of straight people will ask me that. They'll be like, oh, interesting. So you talk about being gay. You talk to people who are queer. Like, what is the number one thing that you've kind of taken away from all those conversations? And I think what it is for me is that identity is everything. Um, the way someone identifies is truth it's reality, it's fact, um, it's not to be debated or questioned. Um, and I think this is something that I've become increasingly aware of since starting the podcast. 
And it's how people can so easily question the way someone identifies. And I will be the first to say that I've been guilty of this in the past many times. Um, And I'm really unlearning that. And I've been in that process since starting the podcast. And it's not just straight people who... Um, are kind of prone to questioning others. It's queer people too. It's everyone because we all have this internalized homophobia inside of us, no matter how we identify. Um, But I was trying to think of examples of this that I've heard in my real life. And uh, one example might be, oh, he says he's bisexual, but He's probably just gay and he's too nervous to take the leap and be himself, like be his true self and step into his own. Um, Or another example that I've heard is, oh, she says she's queer, but she has a serious long-term partner who's a man. So is she really queer? I'm confused. Um, And the but in both of those examples is what feels strange to me. Because it makes me wonder, like, what right do we have to question the way someone else feels, who they love, how they see themselves? Because sexuality and gender are some of the most complex parts about being human. Like, we as homo sapiens have these crazy brains that are able to contemplate these things that other mammals can't. And... Like, who are we to believe that we understand this incredibly complex thing better than another person does? (laughs) And I, once again, have been guilty of thinking I understand it better than someone else does. I even uh, felt this way with Persis at the very beginning when she came out as bisexual, um, but she seemed to me to be more attracted to women than men i had thoughts and feelings inside of me of like well maybe persis is just gay she's probably just gay but maybe bisexual is like you know a good stepping stone to get there obviously this was a past version of me feeling this way and i've learned and unlearned a lot since then but i'm just saying that to be honest and transparent and for anyone listening who sometimes has these feelings it's normal like i said earlier it's internalized homophobia and um i think it's about just like acknowledging when you're having those thoughts and then asking yourself like why am i questioning someone's perception of themselves you know What fear or frustration is being brought up for me, inside of me, that I suddenly feel an impulse to invalidate someone else's identity? I think ultimately it comes down to insecurity or fear or something that is is being brought up for us personally that's making us question who someone else says that they are or who someone else says that they love. Um, And I think... That is probably the main takeaway that I uh, that I have from the podcast so far. It's just that like identity is everything, and whatever someone identifies as, that's it. End of story. Period. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to question, and that identity can change and evolve a million, million times over in their life. There is no limit to someone's identity, but there is a limit to 
my perception of their identity. And the limit is, however they identify, that's how they identify, and that's who they are, and that's who they love. Um, And so that's been a big takeaway for me. And on top of all of that, just learning how beautiful and exciting and universal identity is. I mean, we each have the power to own our identity, to get to know ourselves better, to like declare out loud or to ourselves who we are, who we love, what we love, what we feel. Um, like how cool is that, that we are able to do that and that we have the power to do that for ourselves. And from my perception, that's what queerness is. It's looking within and identifying with what's in there. And that's something that I think straight people could really benefit from thinking more about. Um, And that's something that I've benefited from. Um, Hearing these stories of people who had to take a step back from the status quo, from society, from pressures um, put on them by their parents or by religion or whatever it is, and decide that their unique identity mattered more than external pressures. Um, that's pretty inspiring and pretty freaking cool. And I, yeah, I just feel like I could go on and on about it. <laughs> um, and as someone who does identify as straight, I have, I have been endlessly inspired by that in my personal life, in how I identify in every way, not just with my sexuality and gender. Um, and pretty amazing so that's the answer to that question (laughs) i keep having this feeling like i want persis to interrupt and respond to what i'm saying um so percy if you're listening to this i miss you um and never ever leave me again because this is so weird but we're moving on to question four which is how do you start a podcast? I get this question a lot and Persis gets it a lot as well. Um, I think starting a podcast is something that a lot of people are interested in. And I don't tell people right off the bat that I have a podcast. It's usually something that kind of like comes out organically if we're just chatting and they're always like, oh, wow. Um, How did you do that? How did you even, you know, know how to do that? And so I thought it would be cool to just take a second here and talk to you guys about the process of starting a podcast and how it works. If anyone listening is interested in starting one, um, it's actually a lot easier than you might think it's going to be. I mean, at the same time, it was a learning experience for Persis and I. We made a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of trial and error, but that's part of the fun. Um... But yeah, if you're interested in podcasts, uh, I would say first things first, this is probably really obvious, choose a topic that you're passionate about and think about who your audience is and what they would want to hear. So we knew when we were starting this podcast that our audience would largely be people who identify as queer. We hoped that people who identify as straight would listen and learn with us, and especially with me as I learned and unlearned. Um, But we knew that for the most part, our audience would wanna hear um, stories from queer people, advice, 
tips, just like anything that could make them feel like seen and part of a community and um, loved. And so when we decided to make the podcast mostly about queerness, we chose topics for each episode that were geared towards a queer audience. Um, If you want to start kind of like an interview style podcast or have guests on the podcast to chat with you. Um, This was something that we kind of fell into organically as well. It wasn't really part of our initial plan for the pod, um, but people ask me a lot, like, how do you source guests? Um, Especially because we've had some incredible guests on who we never, ever thought we would get. So sourcing guests can be a way more fluky process than you might think. Um, We just started with friends and people in our network. So that's a great place to start. Um, Anyone who you think would be interesting to talk to or beneficial for your audience, um, just start there. Then literally just DM people. That's what we started doing. We would just slide into people's DMs. We slid into Fifi Dobson's DMs and she was like, yeah, I'd love to be on the pod. And we almost threw up. So don't underestimate the power of a good DM slide. Sometimes people will also have their management in their social media bio or on their website. So you can reach out directly to their management and explain what your podcast is um, and why you'd love to have this guest on. It's also a really good idea to include any analytics you might have about your podcast in that uh, email to them um, to show that you have a bit of a listenership. Um, more on that in a little bit. I'll explain how we get our analytics for this podcast. Um, the other thing people ask me about a lot when it comes to podcasting is the tech side, because I, I feel like that's probably the most intimidating part, um, is if you want to start a podcast, but maybe you're not tech savvy and it feels really scary to try and record audio and edit the audio and produce it. Um, so it's definitely a tech heavy process, but it's not impossible by any means. Anyone can learn how to do it. I will say Persis is the tech whiz here at Girl on Girl. She takes care of all things production. Um, I take care of all things like marketing and, um, operations and all that good stuff. Um, so Persis uses Premiere Pro to edit all of our episodes. It's a software anyone can buy. It's super easy to use. There's tutorials online. Um, and she learned how to use it completely on her own, fully self-taught. Um, so if she can do it, you can too. We record all of our audio through Zoom, um, and literally QuickTime Player, which is a free app that I think every Mac laptop has. Um, and it's not it's nothing fancy over here we both have um blue microphones that connect directly to our laptops blue is not a color it's um the brand um and we just record directly through either zoom or quicktime take that audio and we um go ahead and edit in uh premiere pro so that's what we do over here If you have any questions about production or editing, I'm sure Persis would love to answer them. So feel free to reach out to us anytime. There's a lot of more intricacies than what I just described. I kind of just gave you like the high level. Here's how you can do it. But at the very least, a podcast is just audio. So you can sit down at a microphone like I'm doing right now and just talk, record it on some sort of recording device, usually through a laptop. 
Um, and then just like put it out there into the world. And then over time, you can get a bit more savvy. You can add music. You can um, splice and dice and do noise reduction and all that fancy stuff that Persis does because she's incredible. Most importantly, I would say of all, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, is choosing a good hosting platform. So if you don't know what a hosting platform is, it's basically a way for you to publish your podcast episodes onto listening apps. And um, it's kind of like a hub for your podcast. It's where your podcast lives um, internally, like on the back end. So your listeners won't be able to see it. And most hosting platforms will have other things built in that can help you grow your podcast and um kind of like manage all the ins and outs. So we use a platform called Cohost. It's a freaking amazing platform uh, that actually just launched to the public not too long ago. So we were really lucky. We got to be beta users for this um, for this platform. It's a female-led product, which we love. It's also owned by a BIPOC female-led podcast agency called Quill. So we love to see it because in case you guys didn't know, the podcast industry is quite male-dominant. I mean, it's a tech industry at the end of the day. There are a lot of um, female-identifying podcast hosts out there, but in terms of like who's actually creating the tech behind podcasting, it's a lot of men. Um, there's not a huge BIPOC representation. And so we really love that we're working with um, a company that is um, female led and BIPOC led. Um, and Cohost just has literally everything you need in one place. So you can publish new episodes through co-host to all the top listening apps, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Um, you can make custom tracking links for each episode, so then you can see where people are coming from to listen to it. You can make your own podcast website with a few clicks. I'm not exaggerating, like click, 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 I've made a podcast website. Um, which is really great for SEO, aka search engine optimization. I'm not going to get into that in depth, um, but if you want to grow your podcast and attract more listeners, SEO is a must. Um, and creating a website for your podcast is a good way to kind of like amp up your SEO. Um, Co-host also has automated transcriptions, so you can, once again, just click a few buttons and it will transcribe your entire episode into the written word, which is another really great SEO um, optimization thing. Uh, not going to get too far into it, but it's a great option if you want to get kind of like a little bit deeper into your marketing strategy. But the best part, in my opinion, of co-host by far is the analytics section. They have so many analytics that you can look at for your podcast. It's so cool. You can see how your episodes are performing. You can see your listener demographics. Um, you can see comparisons between episodes um, over time, like all-time most listened to episode, most listened to episode in the last month, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm just scratching the surface. The analytics are so cool because um, it's nice to see if people are listening and where they're listening from and who's listening. And then you can target your content towards those people and help grow it. And 
ultimately you want more people to listen to your podcast. So co-host is incredible. Their team is really helpful also. Like anytime we've had a question or we need something, they're super quick to help. They're super um, kind. And I just wanted to make sure I mentioned they're not paying us to say any of this. Like we just love them (laughs) and they've been so great to work with um, that we just wanted to share them with our audience. And we actually reached out to their team and we said, hey, it would be kind of awesome if Girl on Girl listeners could get like a special little discount so they could experience how great co-host is if they're interested in starting their own podcast. And obviously co-host was like, yeah, that does sound freaking awesome. Let's do it. And so they gave us a discount code for you guys. Um, Once again, they're not paying us. They're just awesome. And we decided to partner up on this. So um, if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, it's really easy to get set up with co-host. Girl on Girl listeners will get access to the entire platform. So everything I just described, plus more that I didn't describe, for only $20 a month for their first year. Usually, co-host costs $59 per month. So lol wtf this deal is amazing i honestly like can't even believe that they're offering this um but all you have to do is go to cohostpodcasting.com c-o-h-o-s-t podcasting.com and use the discount code girl on girl um if you have any questions you can reach out to them they're they're super fast to respond and they're really kind and helpful like i said um but yeah you can get your entire first year for only 20 dollars a month and then you can experience what we experience when we are publishing episodes and looking back to see how episodes performed um but regardless of who you choose as your hosting platform it's just really important to have one um, and it's something that a lot of people might not realize when they're just in the beginning stages of starting their podcast um, so that's those are my hot tips um, I'm sure Persis would have more hot tips to add to this as well uh, but it's just these are questions I get a lot and we thought it might be kind of cool to just let you guys in a little bit on the behind the scenes process so that you can all start your own podcast which would be really cool like we know some of you guys now um like we're all we're always like chatting in the dms and over email and stuff so if any of y'all started your own podcast it would be so great to listen and become fans of you because we're already fans of you if you know what i mean um but yeah that's basically it. I just wanted to chat with you guys for a little bit and it's weird to be here without my partner in crime, but um, I think that it's kind of interesting to talk about my experience hosting this podcast. I try really hard. <laughs> I might fail at this, but I try really hard not to make it about me. Like I'm I'm really conscious um a performative allyship and I am always checking in with myself to make sure that I'm not being a performative ally or if I if I start acting like one to recheck in with myself and remind myself like why I'm doing this podcast and um, what kind of content we want to put out there into the world but if anyone listening identifies this trait um, and wants to just learn more work through their internalized homophobia, be a better ally, um, just hear 
incredible stories from incredible people, this podcast is a great place to kind of check in every once in a while and be inspired. Um, and there's tons of other podcasts out there um, from queer creators that can do the same for you. So I just hope that um, you can be as inspired by learning about the queer experience as I have been. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I think if I don't stop recording now, I'm just going to keep talking because you guys know me. I just like, I love the sound of my own voice. Um, and Persis isn't here to cut me off like she usually does. So that's it. Love you all so much. On the next episode, your fave Persis will be back in action. Um, but for now, I hope you all are having the most amazing day. <laughs> and uh, there won't be an In Case You Missed It for this episode, but we'll be back next time with a, a fresh In Case You Missed It for you. Because I feel like a lot is happening in gay news right now, as per usual. Uh, but we'll be back with all the good stuff. And uh, love you so much. Talk to you soon, guys.